crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Okay, exhale, everybody, exhale. It's all good now. Not, not perfect, but better. Brewers win. It's a happy flight tomorrow to Toronto. 7-5 to five the final today. I'm Dominic Catronio. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank. Talking text line, old National Bank. Get old. Brewers win. They had just enough, riding seven runs in the first two innings of this game against Alex Cobb, one of the ERA leaders of the National League coming into the day. So go figure, right? Then they get shut down, 12 up and 12 down against the bullpen of the Giants. 17 and a third scoreless innings uh, now in this four-game series by the Giants' bullpen to keep them in it, and that's exactly what happened. They kept a minute long enough until the seventh inning when things got a little dicey there. Oh, man. Four-run frame. Strzelecki had to be lifted in the eighth inning. They went for the four-out save once again with Devin Williams. He got the job done because he is now a perfect eight-for-eight on the season. The Brewers needed this one. They're now 28-25. and The Giants fall to 27-26. and Craig Kishon is going to join us a little bit later on in the program here. We're with you for about an hour here today until about 5.30 or so. The big thing that jumps out to me is in Brewers' warm-up today, if you were listening along, I said the Brewers need to get leadoff men on. They need to get sustained offense going. And that's exactly what happened in the first two innings, right? You get Yelich leading off with a walk to start the game. William Contreras with a big single to score the first run. And then the Anderson double scored two more, making it a three-run first inning. Then once again, in the second inning, while Ruff was, uh, did strike out, Weimer managed uh, a line drive. Then they kept doing the uh, sustained offense, stolen bases, double steals, walks, then finally capitalized on the home run from William Contreras after a Owen Miller two-run single as well. It was 7 nothing, but there was still some worry, and we'll talk about this plenty with Craig, that... The Brewers had a chance to really do a knockout punch and make make a serious kind of coming out party here in that fourth inning, loading the bases with only one out, but then both Anderson and Taylor striking out to end that inning. Looked like it may not have been enough. Uh, I was sitting in the television booth, give credit to Bill Schroeder, who uh, said, man, remember that. He noted that fourth inning, and, you know, it'd be easy to say, oh, pfft, this is fine. You're going to take the win. They're up 7-1. to one. No, he was absolutely right. That was an opportunity to score a few more runs. They missed it, and they almost regretted it, but it's A-OK. They win in the long run. Uh, Peter Strzelecki, he wanted to have that rematch with Mitch Hanniger. He did not get it. Devin Williams gets the job done in the eighth and the ninth innings. Also, Yoel Piams had a weird seventh inning having to come in after Colin Ray. I mean, it almost looked like he just ran out of gas there in the seventh inning trying to complete seven. He was rolling at that point. But then Piams comes in, allowed one unearned run because of a pass ball. And then the uh, Brewers lock down the bullpen save from there after that. So Collar Ray gets his second straight start with a win. He's now 2-3 and three on the year. And like we said in warm-up, he gave the Brewers a chance to win, even regardless of the seven runs, you know. If he had gone into the seventh inning allowing four runs against a white-hot team like the Giants, I would have taken it, honestly. And that's exactly what his line ended up being, regardless of whether it was seven runs or not. You knew you were going to have to score runs to win the game. The Brewers have a pretty simple formula so far in the season. Score first. They're now 22-5 and when they score first. And score at least four runs. 
it's a pretty easy formula to figure out for the Brew Crew. A couple of texts that have already rolled in here. Definitely feel good with Pioffs and Williams ready to go, but it's all about making sure that we have a solid start. Absolutely agree with that uh, for uh, the, the texter in here. Didn't put your name on here. Ne- put your name and where you're from. We'll make sure we read you here and give you a shout-out here on the air. Josh Milwaukee, great performance by Ray in early offense. Exactly what we needed today. I'm troubled by the missed opportunity to put it away in the middle innings, but thankful for the win today. That is certainly the case indeed. A couple of other tweets that came in as well, at Dom underscore Catronio. Timely hitting, small ball is back. I wouldn't call it small ball, but it's just, again, the timely hitting. It hides so many warts and so many issues. The Brewers went 3-for-8 with runners in scoring position to get things going in the right direction today. Uh, and they jumped all over a really good pitcher in Alex Cobb. The Brewers need to figure things out with their offense getting a little bit more you know, perhaps sustainable offense. I I love that they finally hit another home run today, but the offense that we saw in the first inning is the more kind of offense that we were seeing in the first three weeks of the season that's now suddenly gone away. Singles and walks and stolen bases and doubles, right? That's the kind of team that they're built to be with the occasional home run. If we see more of that, I think you'll see a lot more success coming for the Brew Crew this season. I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with the local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Just getting going once again. Craig Kishan's going to join us later on in the program. Also going to hear from Craig Council. We're going to have some highlights, some actual highlights, and a 7-5 to victory today for Milwaukee. And an off day tomorrow, so enjoy your holiday weekend and not think about baseball for a day, right? Plenty more to talk about from this win for the Brew Crew. 7-5. to We'll talk about some more of the pitching after this. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Brewers win 7-5. They salvaged the finale. They still drop 3 out of 4 to the Giants. They had 1, 2 out of 3 from the Astros. They do not have to see San Francisco or Gabe Kapler for the rest of the regular season. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. So talking a little bit more about the pitching right now, specifically I want to start with the bullpen. Devin Williams, we're, we're kind of taking him for granted right now, I think. And the Brewers have had a generational closer back-to-back back here, right? And, and it's been kind of their MO, but like to have one really essentially homegrown, right? Hayter was acquired in a trade technically while he was still a minor leaguer. Devin Williams is homegrown. But the fact that they have generational closers back-to-back and that you can hand him the ball for a four-out save like it's no big deal. A lot of teams would, you know, have to hesitate. Ah, oh, do we give him four outs? Can he handle four outs? Like, you know, Devin Williams got it. I was saying this about this time last year when Josh Hader was off to that ridiculous start where he was something like, what, 14 for his first 14 with uh, a million strikeouts and no runs and no hits or whatever. Don't take this for granted. This is not normal. Every other team in baseball, every other team in baseball, with maybe the exception of like three or four, 
cannot say that their closer can do what Devin Williams consistently does. And also, Devin was on six days of rest, which is not in his control, obviously. But for him to put his neck out there like that and say, yeah, I got you. I can do it. I'll go four outs. Bring it on. Let's do it. That sends message, man. That's that's great stuff. And we saw Josh Hader do that for a very long time. And I, I wish him nothing but the best as he's still pitching with San Diego. He'll be making his reunion here coming up in August, of course. But the thing that Devin Williams, it, it doesn't look like when he takes you know six days off here, right? He hasn't pitched at all in this homestand. And he comes and he looks just sharp as ever. Brandon Crawford's a big league hitter, and he was extremely patient with him. And he drew... A really tight walk there. It was really impressive in the fact that he was able to stay in that as long as he did. But I thought he was so, so patient in that at-bat with Devin Williams. But his changeup was on. It wasn't like he was wildly missing. He's virtually scrapped the cutter. I'm going to talk about that next week with him, about his cutter and about pitch design and things of that nature. Because a lot of people, anytime visiting media comes in here, they ask me the same thing. Like, Dom... All right, Devin Williams, you know, it's the airbender, it's a great pitch and all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does he still get so many swings on it? Everybody knows he's throwing it. It's because of, look at what he did to Wilmer Flores there. Wilmer was selling out, taking, 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 taking. I'm going to be as patient as possible, right? I'm going to dare you to throw the changeup for a strike. And Devin did. Not many guys can do that, period, throwing their off-speed secondary pitches for a strike. Furthermore, also get able to throw it for a chase. The reason why he's able to survive on just one off-speed pitch and one secondary offering is because he can manipulate it. Don't think of it as just a one-dimensional pitch. He can throw it for a strike. He can throw it for a chase. He can show it with the design of thinking, all right, I'm going to actually get you out with my fastball and have a show-me change-up here. This is not normal to be 8-for-8, have only allowed one run in a garbage-time situation. Of the four outs he recorded, three of them were strikeouts. It's it's ridiculous stuff right now to see from him. I know Peter Strzelecki wanted to face Mitch Haniger, and we talked about it in Brewers warmup today that Mitch wanted, or that Peter was very honest with me earlier today, just talking about the fact that yeah, you know what, I can't wait to see him again today because I know I'm going to have to see him again, and I'm going to give him another first pitch fastball because if I execute my pitch like I expect to, I know I'm going to get him to swing and miss, and that's what we saw him do against J.D. Davis. He made him extremely uncomfortable with right-on-right fastballs. Inside. Get up in your kitchen, right? He was doing such a great job with that against him, and he was ready to do it with Hanniger. You could see him pleading his case to Craig Council, and he will get his opportunity again to finish an eighth inning, but lately, it's just been a little bit off, and given the fact that the Brewers are not winning as many games as they'd like, they need to make sure when they have a lead that they don't leave their best in the bullpen available. And that's Devin Williams. So I'm, I'm totally fine with the way that Craig Council managed his bullpen today. I thought he hit all the right buttons and did the right thing today. So kudos to him. Kudos to Devin for being ready. And finally, Yoel Piomps. Man, Yoel continues to be maybe the most underrated pitcher on this Brewers team, regardless of starter or reliever. Nobody wanted this guy a year ago. Nobody. He was off waivers from the Royals and from the Nationals and from then the A's couldn't keep him on their roster. He's out of options, mind you. 25 and a third innings, 29 strikeouts, already not yet through May. He had 41 strikeouts all of last season. He's already 12 off that pace. His whip is down to 1.03. 
He's barely walking anybody, too. He's only got four walks. His stuff's disgusting, man. I love that pickup of Yoel Piams, and he will continue to have the seventh or eighth inning moving forward, and him having a ground ball guy, multiple ground ball guys that have become strikeout guys in that bullpen. Credit to Jim Henderson, Walker McKinvin, and Chris Hook. I say it all the time. It was great stuff for that acquisition to get the to get a guy that said, you know what, let's see what happens. And also, it's a reminder, don't think spring training is everything. Spring training performance, quite frankly, doesn't matter. What they're looking at is stuff that you don't think about. They're thinking about pitch design. They're thinking about sequencing. They're trying to figure out, how is this guy going to get big league hitters out when it counts? Because sometimes in spring training, there may be days that you're not even facing big league hitters because they're already out of the game as the bullpen guy because your starter needs to get work. So, what I look at with Pyomps, maybe Adrian Hauser's injury gave him a chance because, remember, he had the groin injury at the uh, end of spring training. I th- I like to think he would have made the team given the fact that he was uh, out of options and they wanted to give him a chance given he was acquired and not have to lose him. But at the same time, you wouldn't have blamed the Brewers given the spring training performance from Pyomps for him to walk away. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. We'll talk a little bit of offense coming up with Craig Kishon as well. He's going to join us here shortly as television is finishing up their segments right now. want to remind you that we're also brought to you in part by Hupe and Abraham. For every double play the Brewers turn this season, Hupe and Abraham will donate $100 to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And remember, if you're injured or you're in an accident, you can call Hupe and Abraham. Winner, it's free. Guaranteed, the winning team, Hupy and Abraham, H-U-P-Y, Hupy.com. More to come here. We're with you till the bottom of the hour, 530, uh, right here on Brewers Extra Innings. Now, more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. Craig Sean is with us now. Brewers Extra Innings, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Now, before we get into the actual game, you might have missed this, Craig, right before I, you came on the program. I just talked about the fact that can't let what Devin Williams is doing right now, granted he hasn't pitched as much as the Brewers would have liked to at this point in the year, but every time he has been called upon, he has delivered and then some. The fact that the Brewers have back-to-back generational closers at the back end of their bullpen, doing their jobs. Don't take this for granted. This is not normal. A lot of other teams want to have a guy like this. Well, they do. And the, and the thing about it, you bring up a good point. Uh, you know, they're generational, which means that they, well, I mean, they, they acquired Josh Hader in a trade, but he didn't become instant closer. Uh, they developed in, into who he is. And, and the same thing with Devin Williams. They, you know, drafted him to tin into who he is. And so, that is a huge credit to, uh, you know, what's been going on here now for a number of years. And that that is, you know, they have developed really good starting pitching. They developed really good, you know, back end pitching. And in the in-between, they've done a really good job of finding guys like you, you were talking about Piamps a couple of minutes ago. Uh, scrap heap for a lot of other clubs. Brewers bring them in, make an adjustment or two, and uh, they've they've done really well for you know sixth, seventh, eighth inning guys like that. So um, it, it's really great to see. Um, you know, you take a look at Devin Williams too, and the fact that they haven't uh, had opportunities 
so to say, to use him maybe as much as other closers would be used for a team that's won, you know, 25, 26, 27 games, whatever it is right now. I, I don't mind that. And, and, I, and I think they're smart right now to use him in situations where it's multi-inning. I mean, three times in a row now he has done that. And, and I don't think, Dom, he's really throwing any more pitches than he normally would if he was just closing out the ninth inning. I don't think this is uh, stressful on his arm. I, I really don't think it's going to take a toll. For Devin Williams to do what he's doing and stay as sharp despite not having as much you know, day-to-day activity, I think is just such a great development for him moving forward. But let's talk a little bit of offense. Them finally getting off the deck here today. Seven runs in the first two innings against the guy with the sub-three ERA coming into the day. I mean, it was flirting with sub-two ERA coming into the day, and boom, seven earned runs allowed in four innings. That'll get you a run on your ERA. But what clicked? What did you see to finally get this offense back on track, at least in the early stages of the game, because it kind of fell back asleep in the later stages of the game? Well, you know, ironically, you know, we talked about this yesterday, and it's just finding a way to get on base. And I thought Christian Yelich was very patient his first two plate appearances, and he walked both times, and he scored both times. So he's already scored twice in the first two innings of the game. He's leading off here today. Uh, But, you know, he got got on base, walked, and uh, Owen Miller – Base hit, first inning, second inning. Uh, William Contreras, base hit, first inning, home run, second inning. You know, I'm I'm sure collectively these guys are well aware of what's going on. So it's just like get on, get over, and let's find a way to get you in. And so I I just looked at Kristen Yelich. I thought he was pretty patient at the plate to to get things going here today. No No one's had a lot of success getting on, and it's just finding a way. And, and I thought that was, you know, those were good table setters for this team here in this one. And uh, the other thing, Dom, you, you know it's only a matter of time before some of these guys break out of it. William Contreras has really slowed down offensively compared to his start. And he had the RBI single, his first at bat, and then the two-run home run um, in, in his second plate appearance in that second inning. And that was a bomb of a home run. So, um, you know, it uh, it sucked to be Alex Cobb today with that beautiful ERA of two one seven because it wasn't his turn today. Also, we got news from Craig Council here about the Owen Miller pull. Remember, he started two for two. He was hit by a pitch on his right forearm. Brewers officially called it a forearm contusion. X-rays were negative, according to Craig Council, just day to day, and hopefully after a day off tomorrow, he will be good to go. Owen Miller two for two. A clutch two-run single. He's hitting 330. Now, I, I'm i not going to try to disparage Owen Miller and his friends and family that he have here every single day, it seems like. But Owen Miller hitting 330 with over 120 plate appearances under his belt was not on my bingo card coming into 2023. What a great start for Owen. Now, folks from Cleveland will say, well, wait a minute. He started off white hot for us in April last year. Just be ready, man. And, you know, we've seen him decline. I see this as being sustainable because he's getting to two strikes and he's still hitting the ball hard and he's still able to be patient and he's still able to put ball in play. And I think the thing that I love about Owen Miller is that he's not afraid to show off the wheels a little bit, too. He's got six stolen bases this season. Here's a guy that the Brewers don't realize it maybe yet what a heaven send it's been that he was 
fighting to make this roster out of spring training because no one really knew what the backup utility infielder role was going to look like. Now, with you know Adamas on the injured list, Urias missing the first two months of the season, I can't imagine the season without Owen Miller. Yeah, all, all really good points. And, and here's the other thing that, that I'll add to that and, and something that I believe just how guys are. Um, he's comfortable. He's comfortable playing at home. And some guys can do it and some guys can't do it. He, he's from here. We all know his storyline. Um, I, I would think that it would skew more on the, on the end of guys feeling pressure to do well in front of their their family uh, to do well uh, on the team that that they grew up, you know, enjoying and rooting for and dreaming about being on. That's not an easy thing to do once you put on that same uniform. And it's been maybe a godsend for him and and certainly for the club here at this point uh, with all the offense that he's providing. He's playing, you know, well defensively too in various positions. So, you know, there, there's a level that, you know, some guys, they can come from other parts of the country and grow up in an organization and they're just comfortable there. And then once they get traded um, or move on in free agency, it, it's never the same. You know, hopefully for him, it's going to remain at least somewhat this successful. I don't know if we can expect 330 out of him the rest of the year, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like all the storylines for this guy, I really do. Um, he's a major league baseball player, and if he's comfortable, go get him, big boy. He's been really, really important to watch, and it sounds like he's just day-to-day, so he's A-OK. We're going to talk some difference-making moments and try to react to and prepare to what the Toronto Blue Jays have been doing right now. This Their record doesn't tell you the whole story, them being only one game above five hundred. That's coming up next with Craig Gashon. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now, more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Welcome back. Dom Catronio and Craig Kishan with you right now. Brewers win 7 to 5. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank. Get old. Text here from Claude in St. Francis. Excellent pitching, but when we were up 7-1, to I was concerned why the batters were swinging out of the zone. Hey, the Giants' bullpen's really good, just saying, Claude. But I have to say, besides Anderson's play, that was an amazing diving stop throw from his knees. The play the rookie made, Andrew Monasterio, that was also amazing, too. The Brewers, the defense always shows up, man. And I, I think Anderson, he's not going to get third, you know, Gold glove consideration at third base, given it's just too crowded over there. Key Brian Hayes is having an epic season at third right now. Nolan Arnato is obviously in the league as well. But I wonder if we can start drumming up some support for Brian Anderson for the utility role, given he's playing both right and third base, because you feel like you're gaining no matter what. And the metrics match this up, too. You feel like you're gaining with Brian Anderson playing defense for you. Well, I'll tell you right now, um, since nearly the beginning of the year, at least the first week or two, I've been on the uh, the bandwagon of just keeping him over at third base, Dom, because that, that's how important I think third base is. That's how important I think infield defense is. I, I get I get the strong arm and everything out in right field, but I, I personally think this team is is covered in the outfield. 
And, and I, to me, I, I just, I just wouldn't risk anything defensively. If, if this guy's available and can play to me, he's, he's the everyday third baseman. And I love to see him stay over there. No matter, no matter what happens, as long as he's healthy, um, I, I think he's the guy. That's how important I think this guy is. And, and you can talk all you want about how important the bat is, which has been, which has been really good. And he's been down the last couple of years. But, man, that defense over there, holy cow, I, I'm loving it. I, I love it, too. But let me just throw a hypothetical at you here while, while you mention that. Look, Luis Urias is going to be back in less than the next two weeks. And you figure he's primarily going to be playing third base now with the uh, Bryce Terang start he's had at second base. I, I mean, I see an outfield with Yelich in left, Weimer in center and Anderson in right, and you keep Anderson's bat in that order. And Weicho, I mean, his defense last year was kind of an underrated piece of his year. Yes, the offense wasn't quite the same, but he really figured things out specifically with his arm and his defense. I, I wonder if Tyrone Taylor's playing time is going to be impacted by Luis Urias returning, not just because of the bat, but just because of the fact that Anderson can play right field and Tyrone becomes that fourth outfielder once again. Well, you know, if you if you look at it offensively, what's happening right now with Tyrone Taylor, that that's a that's a clear scenario. I mean, he came into this game batting 182 and uh, basically he went 0 for 4, including three strikeouts in today's game. So uh, unless that bat comes around, um, I, I could definitely see something like that happening for sure. Um, but in, in a perfect world. I'd just love to have him over there and, and stay at third base. But I get it. This guy, uh, I mean, look, if if, he, if his bat stays the way it is and he stays clutch the way he is with, uh, again, another two-out uh, RBI situation for Anderson, I mean, um, he's got to be somewhere. That's pretty obvious here right now. And he's too good to just put a DH, that's for sure. So oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, it, it is, man. The bat plays and – between Arias coming back, and he's going to get his, his opportunities, obviously, to, to get back in that lineup because he'll be healthy. Um, you know, sometimes those things are wake-up calls for the other guys, too. Both Luis Arias and Luke Voigt on rehab right now in Nashville. They're in a wacky game against the Iowa Cubs. It's 14-9 to Iowa. Uh, both Weicho and Voigt, 3-5 for five in that game with a double. So that's some good news for you as well in that one. Jansen Junk got roughed up a little bit in the game against the I-Cubs. But as for looking ahead and looking at what the Brewers have in front of them on this very important road trip that's about to begin. Now, they're off tomorrow, back in action on Tuesday, north of the border, taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the Blue Jays are a team, the record, they're only a game above 500 as things stand right now. But remember, or excuse me, two games above 500 as their record stands right now, 28 and 26. But remember, they're playing in the hardest division in baseball. Everybody is above 500 in the East. In fact, if the Blue Jays were in the Central, in the NL Central, they would be a half game back of the Brewers for first place right now. The Blue Jays, I don't know if they can pitch it, but they can certainly hit it. It's going to be a big challenge coming up this week. Yes, and it was a big challenge for Milwaukee last year when the Blue Jays came to town. I mean, obviously, we, we don't see the Blue Jays a lot. The Brewers, uh, I think, are only making their fourth trip to Toronto since they joined the National League alone. Um, so unless you're a, a diehard baseball fan and pay attention to 
you know, all the good teams in the league, at the very least, you're not maybe as familiar with Toronto, but you're right about that offense. Uh, their, their pitching's pretty good, but that offense will throw a giant scare into you. And, and obviously in the shape that the Brewer pitchers are in right now, um, they're, they're going to have to be careful yet, stay on the attack and still try to be as aggressive as they can. And, um, you know, that's, that's going to be a three, a big three game series coming up starting on Tuesday for sure. Cause the Brewers got to figure out a way to, you know, to, to put another game like this together and have a good week of baseball and, and get out of this funk of having one or two good games and then, and then the rest of the week kind of falling apart on them. Um, and, and that's what we experienced here, you know, for the most part here this week. So they're looking for bigger and better things, but it's going to be a major challenge, that's for sure. Should be some three really good pitching matchups. Uh, Adrian Hauser versus Yusei Kikuchi on Tuesday. Julio Tehran, if he follows up what he did the other day, I mean, sign me up right now against Alec Manoa. And Manoa has not been himself this season at all. And then finally, Freddy Peralta against Kevin Gossman, the splitter specialist, to finish up the day game on Thursday. But we're not going to let you go without our difference-making moment. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management's different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at Annex Wealth. Com. Craig, in a 7-5 to five game, it doesn't be, even begin to tell you the whole story of how this game went. What was your difference-making moment today? Well, to me, t- today was a tough one to pick a difference uh, moment, uh, difference, uh, different maker moment. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you why. Just because of how this one kind of ebbed and flowed. Um, I was really rooting for Colin Ray here in this one, so he's going to be the guy. And, and here, here's my little different take on this. Um, I quite frankly was surprised even after 81 pitches that he went out to start the seventh inning, to be honest with you, even with the seven to one lead that he had. Um, I, I just figured this was, uh, this was a must win game for Milwaukee. We all knew that going in and they have tomorrow off. So to me, you know, I'm thinking everybody in that bullpen for the most parts available and, and certainly have Devin Williams to lose, whether, whether it doesn't matter what the score was. So I was surprised he went back out. Uh, because he's not as familiar going three times through the order here right now. It's just not how he's been used. And then all of a sudden, uh, base hit, base hit, three-run home run before there's even an out in the seventh inning, and we've got ourselves a ball game. So to me, then, I don't want that to ruin uh, what Colin Ray not only did in this game, but what, what's happened. And I just hope that doesn't uh, you know sink into his psyche a little bit right now. I'm probably being too careful on that take, but um, that's where kind of I go here right now. I, I, I just didn't think he'd be going out there to start that seventh inning. I agree with you because we knew the ninth inning was covered. We knew Devin Williams was going to pitch in this game no matter what the scoreboard said, given he hadn't pitched in almost a week. So we knew you had the ninth inning covered. You probably figure you're going to get Piops in there. Maybe you're going to be able to get a Hobie Milner in there, given there are plenty of lefties in this order. You know, you have the 8, 9, 1, and 2 all being left-handed hitters, so maybe Hobie gets in for that stretch. And then I'm sure Peter Strzelecki, I talked to him before the game today, he wanted to get right back on the saddle and try to avenge and get some revenge against Mitch Hanniger yesterday. So the bullpen, as little as they have thrown the last few days, the A bullpen, that is, you knew that they were going to get in the game, but I also didn't mind that Craig Council sent him back out there for the seventh. Try to see if he can do it 
to make note of it if you get another opportunity like this. Say, you know what? We didn't see you do it well at a home in the seventh. We've got a bullpen and whatever the situation calls for. I do agree with that take, though, that you know what? You had a bullpen rested, good to go. Maybe stick with those guys, enjoy the off day tomorrow, and get back on track. So I'm going to go a little bit bend the rules here, Craig. My difference-making moment is three consecutive plate appearances. In the second inning, Yelich, a 3-2 and two walk. Miller, a two-run single on a 2-2 pitch. Contreras, a homer on an 0-2 pitch. What do all those have in common? All had two strikes. The two-strike approach today against the starter, specifically Alex Cobb. Things kind of fell apart against the bullpen. But the two-strike approach early today was tremendous for the Brewers. In fact, uh, also, William Contreras' first RBI hit came with two strikes. Brian Anderson's double came with two strikes in the first inning. So the two-strike hitting was something that the Brewers are going to have to call upon again in their series against the Blue Jays. Good take. I love that because here's the thing. Uh, offenses generally have a trend when things are going right, um, and and that might be one to watch uh, after today's game uh, on this road trip, especially if they if they start you know winning and you know get get a series win. You know, start with the with the, with the basic stuff like that, and and approaches to two strikes are are just like that too. Um, be ready, choke up, whatever the old saying is sometimes, but it's just, it just being dialed in. And I love that because I, I'm a big believer in, in trends when it comes to putting some winning ways together. And that, that's certainly that consecutive run right there with those three guys was uh, pretty big. Awesome. Craig Sean here on Brewers Extra Innings. Thank you, as always, my friend. Great stuff this weekend. Man, it was a, a busy weekend for multiple reasons, the good, the bad, and the scary, but we saw Willie Adamas at the ballpark earlier today. Things, things are looking up, and uh, they will hit the road, and looking forward to talking more baseball with you soon, my friend. Sounds good, Dom. Have a good one. All right, Craig Sean here. On Memorial Day weekend, Brewers Extra Innings. We're going to hear from Craig Council coming up next. Stay with us on your home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. It's a 7-5 victory for the Brew Crew. They got to find a way to get hot. Got to find a way to get the... Blue Jays cold as well. Let's talk about who's hot and who's cold. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider. And for a limited time, you can save up to $1,000 off an AC or a furnace unit. Families helping families since 1912. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. Who's hot? We've talked plenty about Owen Miller and about the offense. I want to give some love to Colin Ray today. Yes, he ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw there in the seventh inning trying to complete the frame. But look, six innings, four earned runs against him. He did his job working into the seventh, coming on the heels of five and a third shutout innings against the Houston Astros, really rebounding well since he was in the rotation earlier in the month uh, and struggled. And then due to the injury to Eric Lauer, he is right back here and forced into this role out of necessity. So Colin Ray is hot, and you're going to need more starts like this from him moving forward in the season. As for who's cold, again, Alec Manoa has been off to such a weird start this season. Briefly mentioned it there when we were previewing the uh, pitching matchups. Have you noticed Alec Manoa and his trouble with the pitch clock? I mean, he's got 
what is called sleepwalks. <laughs> I love that we're calling that now. Whenever you walk a guy because of uh, a pitch clock violation, he's got the most of those than anybody in the bigs. This season, he's 1-5 with just a 5-5-3 earned run average. He's not getting strikeouts. He's walking a million batters. He's walked 38 batters in 53 and two-thirds innings. He's only struck out 46. He only has eight more strikeouts than walks, so the Brewers are going to have to take advantage of that coming up against the Toronto Blue Jays. And a three-game set with Toronto. It'll also be the two best defenses in baseball going at it by defensive runs saved. So looking forward to that. Up today, though, Devin Williams gets his eighth save of the year in eight tries. Here's the manager, Craig Council, about his closer and the win today. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously nice. I mean, ideally, we'd like him pitching more, um, but it's it's been a strange, you know, it's been a, we haven't won a ton in the last three weeks, and then the wins have been, um, you know, by a pretty big margin. So it's just it's uh, it's the games have sequenced in a really odd odd way. Um, and it'll change, you know. It'll it'll, it'll kind of normalize, but that's where we're at. And he's he's throwing the ball just incredibly, and obviously he's fresh um, and, and feeling good and executing a lot of pitches. Is that a tricky thing to do to stay as sharp as he's been when he's not pitching much at all? Yeah, I mean, he there's there's been no signs of that for sure, um, which is a credit to him. Um, you know, he's he's touched the mound a couple times in the. In the, in the games of warming up and things like that. But, um, you know, there, he's been really sharp. There's no question about it. Um, and, you know, there's there's the positive side to look at it as like we've got him to two months in the season and we got a really fresh pitcher right now. Um, and, and that's going to that's gonna serve us well for the last four months of the season. Because Cobb's been very good. He must have been really happy to get back. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been as, you know, he's pitching as well as uh, any starter in the National League right now. Um, so we, we did a great job against him for sure. And, um, you know, it's putting pressure on in that first inning. That's that's the big thing. Some big hits, um, you know, using the opposite field. Um, B.A. With a, with a really nice at bat with a huge double and Owen had a nice opposite field but line drive and, and his second at bat so and then we got a, a big swing on a, on a curveball so it, it's he's a tough pitcher and we did a nice job against him who's after his last start against you guys in San Francisco I think you said that was the best outing any pitchers had against you yeah or was there anything different for his approach or yeah I mean I think just I think not letting him settle in as much as anything I mean that's you know, you get these guys and they, they settle in and they feel comfortable and um, especially the guys that have been pitching well um, and the way it worked today is, you know, first two guys get on and it's, you know, we didn't, we just didn't let them settle in um, and that, that makes any any pitcher uncomfortable. Like Ray was just kind of an attack on a lot of first base strikes that yeah, he did a nice job. That's 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 right. I think that's he controlled counts really, really well. Um, and you put guys behind in the count all day, um, and that's going to serve you well. What about Williams today at the plate? He he said on the field it's, you know, it's been a tough week, um, but for him to get kind of going again. Yeah, a big swing for sure. Um, and even in the first inning, a big swing, um, which is you know that that's the place where he collects a lot of his hits. I think, um, but. Um, yeah, he's in the middle of the lineup, and he and he did a nice job and had a big day driving in runs. You know, we like milestones, Craig, and Memorial Day is traditionally one. You feel like your team's kind of weathered 
um, some injury things and just sort of some ups and downs that come? Yeah, I mean, we certainly... You know, we, we've had injury issues for sure, and um, those those affect the team. And um, you have to do your best. You know, other guys have to step up. Other guys have to move into roles. Um, and we've had some guys do a nice job. We've had Owen Miller has, has got an opportunity and, and done a nice job. Um, you know, Adrian himself was injured and has come back and pitched really well. Colin Ray has done a nice job. Um, but you're also missing some really quality players. And those guys, you know, on offense, they're guys like Urias and, and Mitchell and are, are really, they're hard to replace. Um, Brandon Woodruff and Miley, hard to replace. Um, so they impact you. But you got that, your job is to weather it. And then your depth has to weather it. Um, and that's going to be the challenge for really most of the next month um, is to continue to do that until we uh, you know, get close to getting a bunch of these guys back. So let me talk about, real quick, everyone wants to say about, oh, the NL Central is so bad and the Brewers are not doing well enough to keep ever all these other teams in it. I'm going to flip it on its head. I had a realization today. It's not that the Brewers are playing poorly and they're keeping other teams in it. They are the team that's trying to weather the storm, and no one else has taken advantage of the fact that they are the ones being injured right now. I think it's so impressive that the Brewers are three games above 500 when you consider everything that they have lost this season, right? Maybe that's fueled by their start. Absolutely. Sometimes you need a good start, then coast 500 the rest of the year. That can carry you to the postseason, right? Every game does matter when you add them all up at the end of the year, but when you're looking at it in a microscope, it's like, oh my gosh, it's only May. We don't need to figure out. We don't need to freak out or anything. But this is, this is my take is that every other team in the Central has had an opportunity to come up and jump and take it, right? The Cardinals lost today to the Guardians. If we're caring about the, if we're caring about the standings, things of that nature, they got to get themselves out of the cellar. Everyone's like, oh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And they probably will be fine. I, I agree with that statement. The Cubs have the worst record in the National League, but that's clickbait because they're 22-30. and 30. They're only eight games under five they They're really not that far off, being only five and a half games out of first. Pittsburgh, only one game above five hundred right now. They're losing to the Mariners, so they're about to be five hundred again. The Reds are not going to finish five hundred this year. They just swept the Cubs. You know St. Louis is not going to finish seven games under five hundred. If they do, I will eat a hat. Okay, that's just not going to happen. My point being, yes, Milwaukee hasn't run away with it, but how could they have with all the injuries they're dealing with? So it's all about perspective. Flip it on its head and realize other teams haven't grabbed it from them, so they're going to keep running and moving forward. Just keep adding wins. Win series like they did against the Astros. Survive series like they did here against the Giants. Add them all up at the end. We'll talk in July and figure out this team should be a buyer or a seller. Cool? Cool. Let's relive the game with some highlights coming up next. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Brewers needed a win to salvage the finale and avoid getting swept in a four-game set with the Giants. They set the tone right off the bat. William Contreras opening the scoring. From the stretch, here it is. Bouncer hit to right field. It's going to be a base hit. And Christian Yelich flying home easily. And the Brewers have the lead. 
Furthermore, they wouldn't even be done in that first inning. How about Brian Anderson at the plate? Anderson drives one to right in the corner. Fair ball. One run's going to score. Hey, they're going to try to score two. The throw coming on, cut off. And Brian Anderson with a beautiful piece of hitting there on a rocket to the right field corner. Both of them going to the opposite field to make it a 3-0 game for the Brewers. Colin Ray got off to a good start. He left a couple of runners stranded in the first inning, had a 1-2-3 second, and the Brewers' offense picked up right where it left off in the bottom of the second. Going to the opposite way, it's the kid from Fredonia, Owen Miller. Line to right center, get down, baby, base hit. Two more runs are going to score. It's 5-0 Brewers. Miller with a liner in the right center. And then the real fireworks came once again from William Contreras, who, by the way, this homestand changes walk-up song back to Timmy Truman and Narco. Hit the trumpets. And the pitch. Hit to left and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for William Contreras. And the Brewers have Gosh, we needed to get up, get out of here, John, from Bob Uecker, didn't we? The Brewers taking a 7-0 lead. It would get tight later, but there was some defense flashed here. Once again, Brian Anderson proving how valuable he has been over at third base. Colin Ray throws, and a ground ball hit towards third. Diving stab by Anderson. From his knees across the diamond. Got him at first base! The long hop from Brian Anderson. Telez with a pick. Hanniger robbed of a knock. It's all coming up Brewers here this afternoon. Great play by Brian Anderson. That was some seriously freakish stuff. 74 miles an hour on the throw from his knees across the diamond. The Brewers would have it get tight. 7-5 was the final. Devin Williams locked down his eighth save in as many tries, doing it in four outs once again. He also got it with three strikeouts. The Brewers win 7-5. They're back on track and hitting the road. We'll take our final break and wrap up the program after this. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. All right, Brewers get a win. They're back on track. Not perfect, but they're back on track. Mike in Colorado texting, nice win today, even though it got a little anxious at the end. Earlier this month, Brewers could have manufactured a run like the way that the Giants did. Batter feigned a bunt, caused Contreras to miss the ball. Runner advanced, scored on a sack fly. I think that was just more a pass ball on William than it was uh, them trying to fool the catcher. But uh, I digress. Appreciate the text there, Mike. Uh, and small ball is maybe going to come back up. But I'm not a bunting guy. I'm just I'm just not. That's just me. Uh, and to the texter that doesn't have their name or where they're from on here who's saying, uh, if you think this is a player cal playoff caliber team, you're smoking something illegal. I disagree, my friend. This is a playoff caliber team when they're healthy. That's the qualifier, in my opinion. When they're healthy, this is a playoff caliber team. Uh, Looking ahead, the Blue Jays. Off tomorrow, though, so no Brewers baseball tomorrow. We'll actually replay game 163 from 2018 at 3 o'clock tomorrow, so you can enjoy that. But then on Tuesday, up in Toronto, taking on the Blue Jays. Coverage will start at 5.30 for a 6.07 first pitch. Then Brewers extra innings will be with Greg Matzik on Tuesday. I'll be back on Wednesday. Once again, same time, same place, 5.30 and 6.07. So hope you enjoy the series. 
north of the border between the Blue Jays and the Brewers. My thanks to Evan Wittallison and to Craig Kishon. I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.